and we're live. Welcome back to the Back in Black in review as we go over opening day. The opening day sims go through that first week. We're into April now. Things starting to heat up. We've got a lot of fun stuff coming up today. I don't know about heating up. I mean, my team's not, but well, I mean, whatever. In general. Okay. And I don't think I did introductions. Where are my manners? I'm Scotty Smalls. Along with me, as always, is his not-so-happy host right now, Local Pobs. Hey, everybody. <laughs> yeah, next time we'll do introductions first before we start talking about teams, just to uh, avoid any sad introductions in the future. It's okay. It's April showers. It's fine. April showers. That's a lot of growing. A lot of growing to be done here <laughs> in the next few months worth of gameplay so because of that we're so excited that we finally have in-game action to talk about it's meaningful in-game action it's not just here finally here and right off the bat uh just picking right back where we left off estes park 17 and 1 to start the first 18 games i mean the calendar flipped right but i thought so but obviously not did not miss a beat. 10-0 and 0 right now in their last 10 games. 13-game oh. win streak. Oh. Now this is for <sighs> the Thursday sim, so it may change. Those results may be updated. It may be, what, a 19-game win streak at that? Oh, no, there's seven games. This a, it's a seven-game sim. This is a fun a sim. sim. Yeah, this is a jam-packed one. It's fun, and it's a, a little bit more stressful because now you're mm-hmm. like, okay, by the end of this week, you've got guys that could potentially be playing their 13th game in a row. So finding a way, if you're doing, especially if you're doing seven-day lineups, finding a way to manage that workload uh, can be tricky as you also try to stay competitive. So, Yeah, my entire pitching staff was yellow or red battery status at this time. So it's like, oh, okay, guys, this isn't going to go great, but that's yeah. okay. That is, uh, that's how we're looking like two over here in Reno. Just a couple, couple guys are looking fresh, but got some relief coming in. So it should be good. Should be good. Uh, so we talked about Estes Park. They, some unsurprisingly, are doing well. Maybe it's just a little bit surprising how well they're doing. Maybe we expected two, two losses. more losses, three losses, something three like losses, that. Yeah. No, one. Okay. Fine, Jeff. What are hacks? Hacks, hacks, hacks. But very surprisingly, in that same division, on the opposite end, Orlando Juice stumbling out of the gate after being very much hyped by the media and the league as a whole. I was was saying they're going to win the division. Now I don't know if they're going to win half their games. It's, it's early. It is early. It's early. And looking at their team, you'd expect a little bit more out of some of, of their course. guys. 
Corey Kluber with a 6.52 ERA. Chris Sale, 4.43, better than it was last year. But we had talked about that he was injured part of that year um, and had been, I mean, pretty much a a sub four ERA since his first season. Uh, I mean, he was in Assassin City for three years, sub four ERA goes just down the road to the pilots 446 but you know it was a a workhorse for them mm-hmm. so much pitching so maybe just needs a little bit of time stretch that arm back out morejon doing great right in the heart of that of that lineup the third head of that, by that. no one no one exactly i think the bullpen might be hurting them a lot. 11th in the league, 532 bullpen ERA, and they have a good bullpen. It's just I would do it. not performing the way that you'd expect it to. So that's just things that they'll be hopefully correcting themselves if you're Orlando. Paul Goldschmidt hitting under 200, leadoff batter. Ornelas hitting under... 200 Ethan Paul hitting under 200 you got a lot of guys in that lineup that you'd expect hitting under 200 yeah gonna get another bust oh boy right above him Blake Rutherford under 200 so you have I mean besides their catcher Shane Langliers who's out for two days with a bone bruise uh everyone is hitting okay Verdugo's hitting 262, but everyone else is in, hitting under 240. Mm-hmm. Not what you want out of your starting lineup. No, not at all. Trust me, I know. Yeah, you'd expect that to correct itself a little bit, but 4 and 14, not what people were expecting. And yeah, Door County, uh, another. I mean, you can talk a, a little bit more, but a lot of guys underperforming. Oh, yeah. Kristen Yelich, yikes. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I was highlighting it a bunch yesterday in the Discord, but just kind of everybody underperforming. And, but again, yeah, it's like Arcia is kind of leading the line in terms of batting average along with Josh Bell. Sanchez had a three homer game, but he's only got six home runs so far this season. So take what you can get. It's been, but what else is new? My offense isn't very good. Okay. You think of bringing in Sanchez, Arcia, Judge. That might help, but again, it's super early. My pitching, for some reason, has decided to implode. My ERA leader has a 5.06 ERA. That's not good. Well, that's not good. You got Bruce Star Gratterall. He's 255 and 2-0 and in your starting True. rotation. True. He'll start. He was supposed to start the first game, but he has a fever. Still so has a fever. He's getting moved back one day. Hopefully his fever is gone and he's not contagious. Yeah. Let's let's hope that there are socially distancing there in the Door County dugout, at least from Gratterall. Yes. At least from Gratterall. We can put him in the fish tank. So we're going to hop over to the PL real quick and talk about San Diego coming off. They are 16-2. and two. We, we expected them to bounce back a little bit, especially just kind of a last year was an anomaly, it, it feels like. They finished under 500 after a 100-win season. Um, just 
a lot of things went wrong, but man, they are one game worse than Estes Park. And if you're going to be one game worse than any team right now, you want it to be Estes Park, or at least in the last three seasons. If you're going to be one game worse than any team, Estes Park is a good team to be one game worse than. Yeah, again, they've got somebody batting 400. That always helps, but makes me sad to see Robbie Ray doing so well. It's like, okay, that's a good thing, but it also makes me sad. Trout is also doing very well. Um, I've moved on from Trout, so it's like, okay, that's not so bad. The Robbie Ray thing hurts a little bit, but yeah. They are not first in batting average, and they are not first in home runs. They're first in stolen bases. I feel like Bob is not going to be happy about this, but they lead the league in stolen bases because <laughs> that's obviously what's helping them win. But yeah, just offensively, they're crushing it, and their pitching is probably just as good, if not better. Yeah. First, first place in FIP and pitching war. Yeah, second runs against. It's like yeah, they're doing they're doing just fine over there in San Diego. Yeah, just that, fine. That run differential is. It's pretty absurd. Absurd. But let's hippity hop our way over back. Okay, before we get to that, their run differential is better than Estes Park. So just let that that sink in. Estes Park, 52 run diff. San Diego, 54. So Mm -hmm. they're doing all right. They're doing all right. Hippity hopping our way back over to the DL. And talk about the Nashville nightmares becoming a nightmare for the Warren Span division. Oh my gosh, so much so. Absolutely brutal to see that if you're Assassin City in Manchester, who uh, at the beginning of the year we're thinking this is a two horse race between ACA and Manchester, but here comes Nashville. And they're trying to capitalize on this. They've been making plenty of moves uh, in just the last few days as they're trying to build off of this hot start. They bring in Luis Severino from a division rival. We can question that a little bit later, but uh, we'll have a little bit of insight later on from a – Uh, division rival that is not Nashville or Assassin City but uh, controlled for three years getting him for Blaze Jordan who's uh, developing well as a first baseman and they get the seventh overall draft pick and who did they take with that? Assassin City took uh, Pat Cumbie Eh? Pat Cumbie? Eh? Eh? Just eh? Eh? He's a reliever. He's a two-pitch reliever. I mean... Well, uh, I mean again, it's like... That's who they it's want. Like, it's like Las Vegas signing all the relief pitchers. Like, well, how much are they going to pitch? Um, I love the deal for Nashville. It's a great deal, I think. Um, Severino may get hurt or something, but it's three years and you're never having to pay $20 million for him. So... If yeah. he surprised also, I was not expecting them to be that cheap. I did yeah. not think that Severino at a 73 overall pitcher. Why did he only pitch 17 innings just last year? Did he get hurt? Oh, that's a good question. Let's check. Um, he, uh, 
I have no idea. That's a great thing. I don't know. We might have to. to... Never mind. Oh, wait. No, 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 no. That's the Assassin City for this year. 2022. 170 oh. innings. Ah, there it is. Yeah. Three war, 2.5 war, 3.8 war, 3.1 war, and 2.1 war. And you're paying, take the highest salary, 18 million. So if you're getting two and a quarter and up, or two and three quarters and up in terms of war, that's. Yeah, let's remember how much Monchiel No was being paid for a lot true. less production. Yes. He has him now too, though, doesn't yeah, but he? They, yeah, he, he does. He has them both. So, yeah, I mean, go for it, Nashville. Do it. I love it. It's great. Um, I'm guessing we'll probably hear what the fans think of Assassin City struggling and making these moves tomorrow. But I'm I'm all for Nashville doing this, and it's exciting. And it's the atmosphere it has created within the league has been really cool because you get a bunch of teams talking about a different team. That I mean, just we didn't talk about Nashville really at all. I think previewing the season, it's like I no. asked Assassin City and Manchester might kind of push Milwaukee's going to be at the bottom and Nashville's there, but Oh my gosh. Right. Fighting for 500 is pretty much what we were thinking, but we thought they had a solid grasp on third place, but all of a sudden it seems like that whole division is up for grabs because I mean, we'd expect Manchester to, to make a bounce back. They, uh, we'll talk about it a little bit later, but a young team that's maybe just trying to get their trying to figure stuff out. Yeah, get their sea legs, their MLB butterflies out of their stomach. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, we'd expect a similar thing with Orlando, like we like we had talked about. So, um, Ricky Henderson division. We have two teams at 500, and one of them, Sicily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, neither of them are Cali. No, none of – Cali's sitting at the bottom of that division. I have a better record than California, and I have to play Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah that, that, it's like the, uh, the Pac-12. They're just beating up on each other early mm-hmm. in the season. Yeah, I don't know – I, yeah, it's it's too early to really say. It's like, well, I don't know if Helsingborg or Sicily have the legs to make it for the whole season. It's like California yeah. is going to get a chance to make a comeback, and Murmansky is probably not going to let their wild card berth be a one year anomaly if they have anything to say about it. So, lots yeah. of time for that division. For the Cosa Nostra, they are at a fifth, a minus fifteen run differential, and somehow nine and nine. Lots of close wins and maybe a couple of big losses. They're, let's see, they're two and two in one run games. Oh. And 0 and 1 in extra inning games. So, okay. I mean, win big, lose big. Maybe. And then somehow have it check out. They had 18 games. I mean, they've, I mean, they lost 12 nothing to Manchester, they lost 14 to 4 to Fargo. One and ten to Helsingborg at the beginning of the season, that but then they do it. Then they win thirteen to three. They win nine to four. They win seven to one. Okay, well that they yep. sweep California <laughs> at home. At home, but 
Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, they've got a, oh man, not a, they've got to have a tough sim. They got San Mateo, San Diego, and then Seattle. Good luck this week, Sicily. Yeah. Taking make a, the, make the deal proud. West. Really far west. Mm-hmm. Depending on, oh, I, I, which way would you fly? West. West? West. Just barely. They're almost opposite sides of the map. Globe. Whatever. Did you actually look it up? Uh, no. Because the Pacific Ocean is huge. Sicily um, to where are they starting? Uh, San Mateo. San Mateo. I'm just going to put in San Francisco. Yeah, that works. Cheap flights from four. Well, we can fly from San Francisco to Sicily for 400 bucks. Oh, let's freaking go. Come on, just give me distance. Oh. Live action, folks. This is what's. This is what it's like. San Francisco dis- distance. Ah, this is. It's a. Uh, oh, don't give me kilometers, <laughs> George. Give me miles. Six thousand five hundred thirty-one miles, and this is measuring it west. Ha. Huh. Good call. Good call. Yeah. Pacific Ocean is book. huge. It's so big. That's why like people will fly from um whatchamacallit? From like Los Angeles to Eastern Europe and they'll fly west. Or well, they'll fly east if they're going from LA, because the Pacific Ocean is huge. Like a flight to That's China. Fair takes a long time yeah i flew to south korea and that was a 14-hour flight yeah didn't think about that did not think about that all right moving right along after that quick quick tangent um well we we did all the dl divisions hop over just do some quick hits oh yeah of course other two other two pls pl divisions Flagstaff, Philly, not really any surprises there in the Halifax. No. Uh, expecting Flagstaff and Philadelphia to kind of duke it out. Flagstaff had traded off some pretty top-tier like offensive Trout. prospects. Yeah, I mean, well, besides, yeah, and and yeah, trading out Mike Trout um, and oh, who who oh, why is his Mejia? Name? Yes, Mejia. Yeah, they're, they're MVP, Mejia. Curse you, Quaddy. So, but still able, still staying afloat. I mean, still a very competitive team. They're, it's their pitching. Yeah, their pitching is top tier. Um, I think second only in some categories where they're first in starter ERA, second in bullpen ERA, second in FIP, second in pitching war, only second, I believe, to San Diego. Yeah. Yeah, so this is, this is a team that has great pitching um, and an average offense. Not great, not horrible, just right down the middle. I mean, mm-hmm. hitting 243, 18 home runs fourth and run scored so i mean there's production there it's just not uh elite level production but when you have elite level pitching you don't need as much offensive production exactly that's how math works 
So yeah. nothing surprising in the Halifax right now. And the Pete Rose was going to be a crapshoot anyways. I don't think anyone knows think who's going to come out on top until kind of almost the last is. week. All right. I mean, give it, let's see what it looks like in June. Right. Um, yeah. We'll just, just ignore the Pete Rose until June when they start to figure some stuff out because mm-hmm. uh, right now I think it's a total flip from where it ended last year. Athens second. I want to say they did. Wow. Because um, let me pull up the history real quick. But yeah, Athens is in fourth. Yeah, right now. they finished former, in second. Former Toronto Roadrunners who represented the PL in the World Series in 2022. Right. At the bottom. Yeah, Minnesota finished in second. Yeah, total flip of the standings from last year, from where it ended last year. So don't hold your breath, folks, that you're going to figure out who's going to win that division in the next two months in game. So give it some time. Give it some how, time. How are you feeling about your team, though? Uh, I was telling Pops this earlier when I made the Chance Adams trade. This is the first time I have ever felt confidence in my entire rotation from top to bottom since the 2018 season. Your rotation that is currently eighth and starters ERA? Right, but I have shipped out no. True. No is gone. Chance Adams comes in. Uh, Riley Pint, who is a rookie this year, uh, just had one bad game in his... Uh, let me pull oh, yeah, up. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he, he did just against, had, against yeah, Manchester. Against Manchester, uh, pitched an inning and two thirds, gave up seven earned runs. That's not good. Has not given up more than one earned run. Uh, Otherwise, two other starts. True. So, a rookie playing at home for the first time in front of a home crowd. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's still, I mean, he's MLB ready or he's F, he's, Major League ready, he's not fully developed. No, he's not. Um, the change up, it's really just the change up. He's kind of a two elite pitches and one average change up, um, but I mean, throws it 100 miles an hour. So, uh, that if you can get that change up, it'd be like in real life, Steven Strasburg when he came up and you have a you know, the changeup is coming in at 85, 87 miles an hour, where that's like some people's big difference fastball. I mean, you're throwing a hundred and then, but like a changeup at 85, the movement that it's, if that can, if that can get to just close to where the potential is at a a 50, 70, if that can go up another uh, to 65, you've got a great three pitch arsenal walks are always going to be a problem for him, but <laughs> say, you know, if, if you don't know where hundred miles an hour is going, there's no way the batter's going to know. No. So. so method to the madness. But All yeah, right. Again, you're adding chance Adams. So hopefully it can only help your team. Right. It, it should. Chance Adams has struggled out of the gate, um, but we're going to move him into a five pitcher rotation. So maybe having a little bit more, uh, less time that rest versus rust. So if we can just get them on that nice five pitch schedule, should be good to go. At least that's the hope. Mm-hmm. Another thing that comes with the beginning of the season, the introduction to the draft pool 
And this is the first time in a long time, it feels like, that we have what, at least from the surface, appears to be a deep prospects pool, just mm-hmm. color-wise. When you're looking at overall and potential, when you're looking at potential ratings, there was a lot of blue and a lot of green before you ever get to any yellow. And even still the yellow, it's like top tier, top mid tier talent. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's plenty of diamonds in the rough there. So what were your initial impressions just when it, when it popped out and you saw all that blue? I was, I was again, I think we were talking last week when it came out during pops of the Sims. like, Oh wow, this looks like a, Nice draft pool. It's like, yeah, you've looked through it a little bit more. It's like, okay, there's a lot of, again, of the pitchers that are like rated 70 and above, only three of them have more than two competent pitches. Um, But so it's like, okay, you've got seven very good looking relief pitchers, which is still pretty cool. And it's like, whoa, again, a lot of blue, a lot of green, Um, very pitcher heavy, but that's okay. Um, it's, I'd rather it be pitcher heavy than not have really any good prospects like we've had the last couple of seasons. So it's been, it's been interesting to see. And I think the quality of the pool has caused a lot of people to try to make some changes. I mean, I traded up to get another pitcher and there's been a lot of movement around. So the quality of the pool has made it a much more engaging draft, I think, so far this year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you mentioned it uh, in the Discord, but pips picks are flipping. They're flipping a lot. They're people. A lot of people are trying to trade up, um, and a lot of people are trying to trade down for pretty much the same reason. Like, hey, this draft class has a lot of talent. Let me trade up to get that top tier talent. Uh, and a lot of people are trading down too because they're thinking, you know, based on where my t- team is right now, I can trade down and still get great value for that pick. So there has been a lot, a lot of movement going on. Um, Starting with those pitchers, um, you touched on it a little bit, uh, 10 pitchers with that potential of 70 or more, but only three of them, like you mentioned, have more than two competent pitches. If you wouldn't mind just expanding a little bit, uh, about what you mean by competent pitches. Yes. So we've got, again, there's the 10 pitchers out there, and everybody, I mean, all of them have got well above average fastballs. And then you've got, everybody's probably got one pretty good pitch. But like somebody like Nate Heisner has got a supreme looking fastball and a, is that a sinker? sinker. That's a yeah. sinker. I'm looking at my, spreadsheet that's got sip for sinker potential but his third pitch is a changeup with 30 potential <laughs> i don't count that as a third pitch it's a pitch that maybe he will try to work on and i mean it could get better it could definitely improve um right. as an 18 year old yeah you see pitchers improve the potential on their pitches sometimes so it definitely can happen but i count him as a two-pitch pitcher which the game doesn't, but the game does call him a relief pitcher. So kind of see where that goes. But yeah, you're looking at a bunch of people. I mean, Kevin Fry, 80 fastball, 80 changeup. Chris Glaude, 80 fastball, 80 curveball. There's 
a lot of these two pitch pitchers that are probably going to make pretty good relievers if they can develop. But this high in the draft, I was definitely looking starter over reliever and there's fewer of those in that same upper echelon of eliteness when it comes to potential rating at least. And Milwaukee saw the same thing. They, they drafted mm-hmm. Rene Rivera first overall. And just because his changeup right now is at a 20, is this, he's one of the pitchers you'd say has more than two competent pitches. Yes. All three of them have 70 potential. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, they're, they, the possibility of them developing, especially as an 18-year-old, is high. He's a lefty. He's a three-pitch starter. His stamina is average right now, but that could possibly change. Um, but yeah, a lefty who's got what looks to be amazing stuff and well above average control. So very interested to see how he does. I think this is a great first pick by baseball as he gets his feet wet in this league. So. I think it's a great first pick. Yeah, and durable too. So that, mm-hmm. I mean, that especially a with a with a young guy like that, um, you worry sometimes. There's just so much time between when he develops uh, and gets to the league, but it helps. It's it's a little bit of a of a safety net, a little helping you sleep at night kind of thing. Um, so then we'll go to the next starting pitcher drafted i believe not the next pitcher but the Mm -hmm. next starting pitcher was alvin leslie from uh drafted by los angeles um he's just one one potential less than renee rivera but he's 21 coming out of uc riverside uh has potential for three above average pitches and a fourth pitch as well looking like an average splitter. Yeah. I think that's again, Rivera is not there. And if you're looking for a starting pitcher, this is probably where I would have gone as well. Um, fastballs looks to be maybe a little bit faster than Rivera's. Yeah. It's yeah a little bit. 96, 98. Oh yeah. That's going to be great. Yeah, I mean, stamina compared is compared to 92, 94 stamina is yes. up there, but mm-hmm. what's his durability like uh, normal. Okay. So normal risk and given our league, he may or may not get hurt. It happens. That's fine. But yeah, I mean, above average across the board with vitals, um, very, again, one point difference in potential. So, okay. That's splitting hairs at times, I think. And four pitches is probably great in terms of, keeping hitters off balance his movement and control both look very, very good. His stuff is that way. So maybe he won't get as many strikeouts, but probably inducing weaker contact movement is up there. So he's not going right. to probably not going to give up that many home runs. And that stuff number may be dragged down just a little bit by that splitter, which is just looking average. Cause everything else you've got 60 potential changeups, 65 potential slider, 70 potential fastball. Mm-hmm. You'd think his stuff would be a little bit higher than 55 especially with movement at a potential 60 so maybe drag down a little bit by that splitter so uh, i mean like you said splitting hairs between i think i don't think anyone would have had a, a problem if renee rivera or if alvin leslie was drafted before renee rivera just a little more uh i think it's a good pick in the sixth overall position 
because he's more of a, a well-rounded pitcher, a little bit older. Um, so you don't have to, wouldn't have to wait as long. And they're still maybe not getting to that 75 potential, but still going to be a very, very good pitcher if he develops the way he looks like he's supposed to. Or sure. What are your thoughts on that Kevin Fry pick? The second pitcher coming off the board is a relief pitcher. I think it's a bit of, okay, the pretty blue number is probably part of it. Um, but if you're, if you're going just by pretty blue number, you've got Pat, Pat Cumbie, TJ Dahl, and then Kevin Fry and Chris Glaude. But Kevin Fry is a 2880. Um, I believe he is the is highest anyone? overall okay. of the prospects. So. Um, Take that how you may, I guess. I mean, two 80-80 pitches, fastball, mm-hmm. fastball changeup, um, ground ball uh, pitcher. That's all. I think that's always a good thing. Um, his stamina is oddly very high, but not. I mean, maybe you can try him out a little bit as a starter. But he's got two pitches. He needs a third pitch if he's going to try to be a starter. So he'll be a very good reliever. Um, average control compared to. Where his stuff and, mo- and movement sit, yeah, that maybe is a little concerning, but he'll figure like, it out. The only so. reason he's not uh, FCF ready is because that control is a 25 right now. It's 25.50, but stuff is 50, movement's 50. Um, if it weren't for that control, you might be able to slot him in uh, right away. But he's a lefty too, so lefty's sometimes a little bit harder to come by. Um, so I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be against slotting him into high a or double a just to start, just to kind of see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, especially as a relief pitcher, you're not going to want to kind of take it super easy. Again, relievers are a little bit volatile just in terms of what kind of production you get out of them. So right. if you can capture a good season or two while he's, younger yeah maybe you accelerate him a little bit and see what happens so he he got pitched really high and i'm personally not going to take a relief pitcher that high but i don't think it's a horrible pick so i I would much rather question other picks that have been made early than this one so and we can make sense we'll get to that we'll get to that um and we talked a little bit about I mentioned those relievers at the top of the class, Cumbie, Dahl, Fry, Glaude, all the 80 potentials. Um, those first three, I, I don't – I could see them in bullpens in as early as two seasons. Just a little bit of just getting some of that higher-up competition. Um, I think Fry will be the first one we see of this class in the FCF. And I don't think we're going to have to wait long to see him make his he, FCF. He might be second half of – he could maybe do second half of 2024. Mm-hmm. But, again, all these guys will come in partway through the season. So they'll get half a season this year and then kind of have to go from there. But, yeah, I would probably agree with that Fry would be – at least right now, the first one I would expect to make it to the show. 
Yeah. All right, let's get to some position players. Now, somewhat lacking in the top tier. Like, I don't think we have any – no, there are no position players with – if we're going by pretty colors, no position players with blue potential ratings. Correct, yeah. There's, there's, there's no, like – there's no Juan Trevino-like looking no. player out here, which is there, fine. There's that happens. A, a Mike Mike Gamble, second baseman, out of Lincoln City, Oregon, at a twenty sixty five, and another high schooler. This one out of Chicago uh, is a twenty sixty three center fielder. Um, and I still think I think Jim Dietz is the the best position player out of that out of this this draft class um and would have to say that sicily agreed drafting him third overall um at least okay before before we get into jim deets let's go over that second pick kevin power um if you're looking at overall and potential kevin power does not show up mm-hmm until you scroll down far that's you're including pitchers probably okay yeah but either way he's outside like the top 20 i think where yes he is down here he is yeah he's outside the top 25 yeah if you sort by all batters he is one person away from not even being included on that screen if you Mm -hmm. sort by potential which left a lot of people scratching their head, but not a horrible pick. It's like the and all of idols are average or above, and the only one that's not above average is his eye. So it's like okay, yeah, this is a interesting. It's like yeah, comparing the potential to the five main batting attributes, it's like hmm, disconnect. Well, so. yes, yes, and no. Um, he's not he's not a, a rounded player that you would maybe be looking for in your first. When you say first rounded, round. you mean? I mean that his speed is a thirty, um, his defense is average, but like if he's supposed to be an outfielder that can't cover ground, especially as a right fielder, yeah. Uh, I don't, I like if let's go to Jim Dietz, you have almost identical hitting stats, hitting vitals, but he's got 65 speed. Um, he's got a, he doesn't, he's got a noodle arm, but if you put him in center field, you can kind of get around that a little bit because, uh, with that speed, you're going to get good outfield range yeah. and, and so, you know, if, if he's making the catch on the fly, he doesn't have to throw it in as quickly. So I think that's where people were scratching their head is like, if you want a player like that, you would take Jim Dietz, who was still available at that time. You're getting pretty much the same player, but with better speed. And I mean, sp- speed doesn't hurt. Mm, no, it definitely is. Something that you would want. Where's Kevin? I mean, Kevin's 18, Jim's 17. It's horse apiece there, I guess. But 
lefty for Kevin versus righty for Jim Dietz for batting. Who knows? But yeah, the understandably there is some confusion. I'm not saying that Kevin's a bad player to pick in uh, general. No, no, not at all. At number two overall, it's yeah, a two little, overall. it's it's a head scratcher. Right. Even and who I is th- available. Right. And I think that that's kind of my point is that yeah. not like if you take him late in the first round and you're looking for position players, I think Kevin Power is a great pick. Mm-hmm. Um because sure, maybe he figures something out. Maybe he's still growing at 18 years old. Um, figure something out, and his legs aren't as wobbly. And he figures out his stride, and you get him up to average speed. But right now, what you're doing is you're drafting a, at number two overall someone who is going to be a outfield sub and a DH. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you introduce him to first base and see what happens. Right. You could you could do that. I didn't even look at his infield defensive ratings. I mean they're kind of non existent, I think. Yeah. It's a twenty five range infield, twenty five infield error. Um so I mean, sure, he's eighteen, he can pick up that position, but it's uh head scratching just not because of the player he is, but because of the other players available that were similar to a Kevin Power type player. Which, right down the list, Jim Dietz available. Still, you've got a player, better contact potential, better gap power potential, better home run power potential, and better speed. The only thing less, really, is that outfield arm. Mm-hmm. Um, but again if you have a, a fast guy in center field we talked about a little bit it's just you don't have to throw it as much if you're making all these catches yeah and 17 my arm is not as strong as 17 as it could be at like 23 so I peaked right around that time so it might have been for me but you put some weight you put some work in you actually get into like a professional weight area that might help too so yeah that's true Plenty of time to see how these players all develop, and who knows, Dietz could retire before he even makes a fall classic. So, right, wait and see. Wait and see. Um, overall impressions of the position players? Again, like if you look at, there's, I mean, there's a lot more. There's more depth here than we've had in the last few draft classes for sure, and there's a lot of ones that I know I've still got a few saved to my list. I mean, I've got to wait a little while now to draft, but yeah, there are definitely some players that I would be very happy still having in my system. not feeling like having, having to scratch the, or scratch the bottom of the barrel three or four rounds in. So that's definitely nice to see. And there's a variety of players still available again, just sorting by potential. Danny Guillaume is still available, correct? Or does he gotten picked? My sheet might be behind. Um, see where in this he, he he just got picked so did juan salazar um i don't have a pick till the fourth round i haven't even been paying attention okay yeah like um there's still plenty of very good looking players available with given some time in a minor league system you put a little bit of money into your player development they can improve they can be there i don't think any of the position players will be 
probably MVP winning. Dietz, maybe if he improves a little bit and has catches lightning in a bottle for a season. Mm-hmm. But some of these players could definitely they could definitely be above average. They could be all stars at some point, but they're not going to be world beaters. But you don't need a team full of world beaters beaters to win the championship. Um, and a team full of all stars. Yeah, it's like yeah, just do that. There's plenty of players here that can be very good contributors, I think. And as has been discussed, the we're still waiting to really get good return from the 2018 draft class. So, right, right. You had put something together just about uh, returned war, I believe. Yeah. So there's still like let's. I want to say, uh, well, Bobby Witt was a 2019 player, but not a lot of people. I mean, there's Bobby Witt and Adley Rutschman from that 2019 class that are. And that's it. Yeah. Pretty much probably. That are making significant contributions to their team. But, you know, as we, as we talk about this draft class and we talk about, everything going on in the league right now. Um, what we wanted to do is, is focus on one of those teams that has stumbled out of the gate. Sure. Mm-hmm. But they have, they've got a good plan together. So we're going to bring on George Ewell from the Manchester Beefeaters. Talk about his team a little bit, and then we'll have a little fun. We're going to have a little fun with George on the podcast. So that's coming up right now. All right, now we welcome on George Ewell, the GM of the Manchester Beefeaters. George, thanks for joining us from across the pond. Hi, uh, thank you for having me at such a late time for me. Oh, it's like six o'clock, man. How can it be late? Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> you got to go to bed. Ah, uh, oh, I was planning on staying up to this time anyway. It's just giving me something to do. That's good. Perfect. That's what we like to hear. That that we weren't the only reason you're staying up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's just get into it. We're three sims in at this point. Yeah. Is this the start to the season that you were hoping for? Probably not. Oh uh, no, not in the slightest. Or in the club. Yeah, it's. My expectations for this season, I didn't expect to win it. My plan for this season was, okay, let's save a bit of money and let's make a push either next season or the one after. What I didn't expect was to win two of my first 12 games. That was a bit of a kick in the teeth. Yeah. Five and 13 right now. Still plenty a season to play. Yeah, uh, I had a three and three uh sim last time so hopefully it's a sign of things being corrected slightly so not hitting the panic button right now no because i think i might have known what the issue was it was i tried i tried to be a bit too cute with it i think for the first two sims i tried to you know like platoon split against right and left instead of just you know playing my best guys uh so I quickly gave that up, and I'm just now playing my best guys as much as I can. And 
you know, that gave me a three and three sim. So hopefully more to follow. Well, that's good. And, you know, if you're going to experiment, use it at the beginning of the year. We yeah. have plenty of room to correct anything. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, you know, there's still some issues that I'm hoping will resolve themselves at some point, namely on the pitching side of things. It's not looking great. You've got a lot of young guys in there, too. Yeah, sure. I mean, I'd argue, you know, three of my five starters are rookies, even though Jonathan Heasley doesn't quite qualify as a rookie because he played about 60 days. He had about 60 days service time from last season. But it's pretty much three rookie starting pitchers. Yes. Besides John Gray, everyone is 26 or younger. Yeah. So it's a young team, which, you know, is in a way a good thing, but it also means I am, you know, lacking a bit of the experience and the talent uh, in certain places. But like we said, plenty of time for those young guys. Settle in, get get their feet wet, and then really start to uh, – once they have the, the big league butterflies gone. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's the idea is, okay, give them this year to, you know, get settled into kind of major league life. And the next year is the year that we properly need kind of push it and, you know, try and hopefully get a championship. All right. So overall joining as an expansion team. Hmm. No, he uh, wasn't. No, he, yeah. No. No. I took over... Taking over. Toronto. Not, uh, no, Mo- Montreal. Montreal. Taking over from Montreal. That's right. Yes. Um, how has just your overall FCF experience been? Well, my fear is that I peaked early. Uh, <laughs> that I had this fantastic first season. You know, I wasn't expecting a playoff push, but I ended up winning the division, ended up making it to the championship series before sadly losing there. And then the season after that, it was close, you know, buying a few injuries probably could have maybe pushed for the wild card. And then, you know, this is now my third season and it's, you know, again, not started well. Don't want to fully overreact, but it seems like I've kind of done everything in reverse a bit. So, like, my fear is that I actually just inherited a good team, and now that I've had two and a bit years to mess with it, I've just completely ruined it. I mean, looking at the players that you had in 2021, it's like, yeah, you had a good team, but at the same time, you probably needed to bring in some different players, and yeah, now you've been um, able to do that. I mean, I, and yeah. you've got a little bit of time, and you're able to make the team your own. So two and a half seasons in, it is not the time to be like, eh, I don't know if I'm doing the right thing here. It's like, well, you made the playoffs and you went 500 and we're 18 games in and you're not having a great April. I mean, the nationals didn't have a no. great April and it turned out all right. Yeah, 19 and yeah, Hopefully it is just a, it is just a, a slow start. But as far as league experience, as far as the, oh, the community I've, as a whole. Oh, I've loved it. You know, it's, 
But stroke I, our I eagles a little bit. Make not. us be very proud of how of how well we run the yes. league. Well, no, my main thing is like I usually don't like kind of GM sim stuff, mainly because you're playing against a computer, and trying to trade with a computer is like smashing your head against a wall repeatedly. Whereas in this, people are you know they're not just doing it based on numbers on what is and isn't a good trade you know you're able to actually work with people to get trades going and and then there's just the fact that everybody you know each team has a personality in a way i can actually you know i can insult the avengers and they'll insult me back and you you know you don't get that in a in sort of a non-multiplayer type setting so it's something that i've really enjoyed have you tried making a trade with philly it it feels like you're hitting your head against the wall sometimes but I think I've traded with Philly. Uh, I mean, I have too. Oh, no, no, I, I will say this. I there think. are some teams that it is definitely like hitting your head against the wall. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not going to name names, but there's, there's one or two out there where it's a, it's a slow process. <laughs> well, there's got to be someone. You can't make it too easy. Oh, no. <laughs> it's just the challenge of then getting a good trade out of them, which is always fun. You've been pretty busy the early on in the in the trade uh, in the trading channel, um, particularly everyone flipping draft picks. What what did you call it, Pabs? What did you say it was? Picks were flipping flat faster than flapjacks at a fireman's breakfast. Exactly, couldn't have said it better myself. Um, but you ended up with the twelfth overall pick, going with Josh Bade. What did you like in Bade? Yeah. Uh, let me just um, let me just pull up. What I liked about him was, I've, I think I've mentioned this before, I'm not that in-depth a scouter. And I know some people absolutely hate me for it because I, I look at the potential number and that is my main impression of them. But what I like about them is that I, I like pitching. Uh, that is a lot of my trades and a lot of my free agency stuff and a lot of my draft stuff focuses on pitching and what I basically the guy he's only got two pitches but you know given that he's pretty much going to be exclusively a closer he's got two incredible pitches and does he need much more if he's only pitching you know seven to ten hopefully pitches a game so I just think that you know, you could probably nitpick all his movements, not going to be that good, or his control isn't going to be as good as you'd want. But at the same time, for somebody who's only expected to do an innings work for their appearance, you don't, you know, maybe you can get away with not having that stuff as high. And so I think when I saw that he fell for me, I thought, yeah, I think he's probably going to, I just thought, okay, he's probably the best guy to go with. He's, I don't think there's much he can do to kind of lose that seemingly high potential because there's not much that can go wrong with like a two-pitch closer. At least, you know, in my opinion, anyway. I mean, he could get hurt. I mean, he could, but he is durable. Injury proneness is durable, yeah. yeah. And oh, I don't have that in my spreadsheet. Gosh darn it. And and 20 years old, so mm-hmm. not yeah, could quite be younger. as not quite as volatile as like a, like an 18 year old. Uh, yeah. You know. A little more. Hey, I don't know about you, but I was plenty volatile when I was 20. 
well compared to when you're 18 uh, I'm uh, just, I was I was a little bit better when I was 20 okay not that it's much but yeah, as far as much. as far as physical development wise we don't we don't do uh personalities in in FCF so might be able to avoid some of that but True. yeah a 99 mile an hour sidearm pitcher that can throw a nasty fastball and yeah is working on a equally a nasty train job and if if you throw 99 all you need is fast and slow Keep and that will yeah that will probably get most people out you know you could maybe nitpick that okay he's, he's only 510 usually you know you, you kind of want taller people for your clothes especially people trying to throw fast because just because that's the mechanics but i mean to be honest, i don't know how much that actually goes into detail in rtp but you know i think he's not got a lot to him but in the same way he's not got a lot that can go wrong in the like three to five years that it may take him to get to fcf level right and as a, a starter in college has decent stamina so if you can have a guy like that with you know 50 stamina that's closing games he can close a lot yeah, he could do you don't yeah, have to worry about do, him getting tired you could bring him in in the seventh if you need to and in theory he should have the stamina to just go through those three and you know hopefully you're not doing that because usually means that something's not gone quite right with either your bullpen or starting but he's again it's quite you got a bit of flexibility about it you know Mm -hmm. and also should we ever get rid of the dh he can bunt like nobody has ever seen before (laughs) that's what you need in a relief pitcher somebody who can bunt in a pinch 17 inning game you need someone to lay one down colin josh bade exactly all right, so one of the things we wanted to do since we're three sims in mm-hmm. is overreact and oh. make as wild Sounds really disappointed. impressions as possible just for the league in general. So how it kind of works is based on what we've seen just in these first three sims, we're going to draw some wild conclusions. So, for example, Estes Park has a uh, – 94 win, 94% winning percentage. So, wild conclusion, Elderhorns improve on their win total from last year, finish with 152 wins and 10 losses. That's, I mean, the math adds up. It does. Because I, I did it on my fingers. That's how I know. Yeah, I, I mean, it's going to be... I think, quite frankly, a season that will never be seen again when they knocked that 154th win. The only thing I'm worried about is that their loss came to the Las Vegas Jesters. So, Mm. you know, they've got to face them, what, 15 more times, 12 more times? You know, that that could be 12 losses right there, and that could seriously derail his playoff push. It really could. I don't think they he has any problem playing a couple other no, doesn't division rounds. doesn't yeah. not at all. When when was the last time Door County beat Estes Park? I don't know actually. I, was, <laughs> I need to like open it was up that long ago. 
Yeah, I need to open up OTP 19. To go. <laughs> well, it was a game. Ago. <laughs> no, it would have been an, it would have been it would have been your first season here. It's been yeah. A while. I just that's what I'm saying. It was it was a game ago. Yeah, almost. Yeah. Oh man, I don't know if we have that, but yeah. So so we're get, we're getting getting the ideas here is just draw some wild conclusions based on uh, eighteen I mean, games worth of of results. I mean, let let me quickly see, let me quickly do the maths here, and I can tell you how many games I'm going to win this year. Um, Not as many as Estes Park. Yeah, I'm I'm on track for a solid forty-five win season. You would Which, get the second overall pick. <laughs> Because surprisingly, Orlando Juice stumbling out of the gates after uh, being hyped by the media. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm going to be honest, I was one of the teams hyping them as well. A lot of, a lot of hype. Maybe it can't handle the spotlight. Mm. The juice is souring. It could be. It could can't, be can't, leave, can't leave OJ out in the sun. That's what happens. Yeah. Spoils. But they're cooling off, apparently. Put them back in the fridge. Who knows? Who knows what happens? So I'll, I'll get the ball rolling here. Yep. We had the example. Give George a little bit of time to, to pull some wild, wild conclusions. Okay. So staying in the Ken Griffey, Jesters continue to dominate, finishing just behind Estes Park. They win the wild card and advance – to the DL championship. So not only are they making the playoffs, they have a shot at the title. I won't, I won't give them the DL championship yet, but this Jester's team and that four-headed monster in the bullpen is ready to rock and roll. Best, best bullpen ERA in the DL. Best FIP in the DL. It kind of carrying the team a little bit. They're only sixth in runs scored, uh, but second in runs against. This team has got the pitching to get it done, and they're the second-best team in the Ken Griffey Jr. right now, and I think they continue to do that. And the only team that Estes Park will lose to this season. Yeah, I mean, I'm big on – statistics and the statistics say that that will 100% happen I've got one for you go for it Juan Trevino will be the biggest bust in the <laughs> history of the FCA I mean the guy's only going to hit 204 you know and you're telling me you're going to pay 60 million a year for somebody who only hits 1 in 5 at bats I mean the numbers add up you're Bad move signing him, Pops. You're going to come to regret is, it. His slugging's worse than his on-base percentage. I, I know. No one wants to pitch to him. Yeah, that, that, I mean, he does have 12 walks in 13 games, so or 17 games, so I guess, well, that is something. But, but. projected 0.4 war, minus 0.4. 
Well, let's not be doing very million, well in the field. Sixty yeah. million dollars for not even a win, a loss even. For half a loss. It's the that's the Dallas Cowboys model. Mm. Yeah, Juan Trevino, overhyped. Uh, I would even go so far as to say that this derails the entire Sea Lion season and we see Juan Trevino in a different uniform I, by the trade deadline. Oh, gosh. I believe – I need to go and check this, but I believe that the comment that spawned the Hot Take channel in Discord was said by me, and let me see if – is it still pinned? Yes. The, the comment that spawned it was that whoever signs him will not win a title with him. I think within three seasons he will be traded. I'm saying we don't even wait that. I'm saying half a season. Trade deadline. Deadline. Blow it up. Get rid of 60 million. Send him out. Ship him out. Get him in a different uniform. The second San Mateo rebuild begins based on the haul you get from Juan Trevino. And then Juan Trevino goes out and hits 300 the rest of his career. Slugs. Oh, I was going to say, you know how this goes. He gets traded to Estes Park. Yes. And Jeff's just paying, mashes. You know, Jeff's, Jeff's only paying probably 40% of his salary. And of course, you know, he hits, yeah, 320 just for the rest of his career. Sets home run records. Yeah, you know, four in a row titles for Estes Park. It's how it'll. It's obviously how it will mm-hmm. go. Mm-hmm. Playing the long game, trading Bryce Harper yeah, before the I'd... season, just making room for Trevino. You know. Exactly. <sighs> Pabs, why don't you give us a hot take? Uh, Nashville's or... got, Nashville is going to win the championship. Will is going after it, and mm. it's going to pay off. Assassin City is still struggling and might put up a fight, but Nashville will win the division. The wildcard team will lose to Estes Park because Estes Park is still going to have the best record in the league, but Nashville will beat Estes Park in the DL Championship and win the, I guess we still call it the World Series, they'll win the World Series probably over probably over San Diego because Reno's going to drop and it's going to be San Diego and Gotham and the two teams from the Halifax. Sorry, Scotty, but your team's not going to make the playoffs. If my team's not going to make the playoffs, your team's not going to make the playoffs. Well, my team's in first place right now in the division. Your team doesn't even have a winning record. Can we compare the divisions? I mean, we can. I'd still be in second place in your division. Do you want to come play the 18 games that I've played first? <laughs> can we? Can I, I, play? I don't know if comparing the division for me would either be good or bad for me because I have no idea where this division sits at all. Because I, I don't think anyone saw Nashville. No. I, I mean, that's the thing. I think everybody thought, okay, going into this year, 
at the end of the season, it's going to be Assassin City, Manchester, Nashville, Milwaukee. Yeah. I think, yeah, nine out of ten people would have said that order. And for some reason, Nashville have just... Is there a specific trade they've made that's just... I don't know if there were trades before the season. They kept a lot in-house. And mm-hmm. then... Moniac's hitting 400. Mm. But, I guess yeah. you've got to argue, is it sustainable? Like, But of course, it's an overreaction, so of course it's sustainable. He'll hit 375. Just He's not going to hit 400, but he'll hit 375, because why not? And Torkelson, is Torkelson a rookie? Uh, Spencer Torkelson. Yes, he is. Yes. Yeah. Where's he come from? Was he... He must have been a... Trade with Vegas create. in November of 2020. Right, what's, Ve- what's Vegas doing? With, no, what's, I want to know, what was Torkelson doing? How was he a 57? Uh, and it's his rookie. Was he just like the Mike Trout of the minors for the last few years or something? He's been a top 50 prospect since 2021. He was 45th overall pick in 2020, got traded at the end of the year, and then top 50 prospects since. It's that's yeah, I mean, dude probably could have played last year. Yeah, triple A silver slugger. Yeah, I mean, I mean, fair enough. I'm Again, I, I am completely fine with Nashville winning this division. I think it'd be awesome to see. As long as it's not Assassin City is what it sounds like. Uh, I I mean, it's exactly what it is. George has bought hard into the rivalry, and it's wonderful. It's great. All I'm saying is, is that your division perhaps is too nice with each other. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're so cordial. It's great. But you know what? I've done... Two full seasons and started my third one. I've only just today made my first in-division trade, and it was for a draft pick because I wanted someone. And did you get them? Yeah. Uh, That's good. I probably, to be honest, I probably could have not traded up. It seems like for some reason people are avoiding the people with just high potential ratings because I think they think it's a trap. I, I don't fully understand it. Well, they're closers. They're Two pitch pitchers. Yeah, and well, no, I think this new guy's a three pitch pitcher. Yeah, he's got variety. That's the spice of life. Yeah, he's got a, a changeup that's rated at a twenty thirty. So there we go. That's okay. basically a two pitch. Two pitchers. Pitch. <laughs> Stop ruining it. It'll get the cha- better. The changeups just was actually he just has a pitch out pitch that he uses <laughs> all the time, and it's just picking up on the game as a changeup. It's just the one they, when there's someone on base and they're like, yeah, this guy's running. The thing is, though, there's a threat that it's there. <laughs> and I think that does more damage than the actual pitch. Well. It is a question I want to know. Is that, is Milwaukee's team better than it seems on paper? Or, has it just, or did it just suddenly get good at the start of the season? Or at least average? Because everybody thought it was going to be a terrible team. Let's see. They have Suzuki, who's 
to form, hitting 325. Yeah. Uh, Chris Mindroth. Davis has five home runs, but is batting 182. So not far Standard. off. Uh, Nolan no, Jones is Nolan hitting 302. Jones, yeah, hitting 300. And uh, Levon Soto right around where he normally is. What's that picture looking like? Stars are doing well. Bullpen is not. Bullpen's playing to form. That's that's about. There's nothing. They're fifth in home runs, so that I think they're being elevated a little bit. They're being. Uh, Do you think maybe their park or? I don't know what their park factors are like or. Yeah, their park plays 1% better for home runs. Oh, right. that's so, obviously it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, they were lucky. They did start their first nine games at home. The, uh, that's the thing. I, I think I mentioned it before the season started, but I think in my first 45 games, I saw only 12 are at home. So hopefully it doesn't mean that I'm going to come into form at the back end of the season, you know, when it matters, but Ugh. Manchester, Assassin City, Gotham, Nashville. I mean, he's not played a bad team. Either. I mean, I guess people would probably say the Manchester. Yeah, so, well, there's that. But <laughs> Assassin City, Gotham, Nashville, Murmansk. There's all. I guess I I was lower on Nashville, but they're. Good right now, and Gotham's doing fine. Murmansk is not doing great, but that's okay. Who knows? There's a lot yeah. of season left. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's why these are all just, just wild takes. Yeah. But it, it does feel like that as soon as we flipped from spring training to the regular season, all of my team just dropped five overall. Oh, my gosh. Well, I like, my team acted like they did. I mean, I do think, though, that there's been – a lot of players have just dropped suddenly, and I'm trying to. I've been trying to rack my brain of what it could be. I've I've got a question. So in OTP, an 80 overall is the best you can be. You are 80 grade, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, and they, uh, yeah, 80 grade is the best you can be. Is that relative to the league, or is yes. an 80 always okay? So I'm wondering, has there been a, this sudden influx in talent? Yeah, did somebody get called up? People's, you know. Scogland over there, just ruining the averages and yeah, Trevino, yeah, stuff like that. People getting called up recently. Okay, that that could be it then. All right, I want to I want to get your thoughts on the Severino trade. Uh, yeah, uh, in in league in division, yeah, sending which, a no. top tier pitcher to the team that's beating them. What are, what are your thoughts there, seeing a, seeing a trade like that happen uh, I mean, between division rivals? Yeah, let me have a look. What's Severino being paid? Pretty right around $18 million. Not as remember, much as I would have thought. Uh, let me Severino. Let's have a look. 16, 17, 18 mil next three years. Okay. Well, you still got him for three years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, oh, I'm you, Nashville might be on a little domination streak if 
Assassin's City falls off like they might be looking like they do and if I just, you know, can't get anything together at all. But no, I, I, I'm in two minds about it. On one hand, awesome. Assassin's City have lost a very good player. Great. You know, they're not going to be as good. On the other hand, people need to stop taking expensive players from Assassin's City because if, if they stop taking them, Assassin's City won't be able to afford anybody at some point and then they'll just be bad for a while. So, you know, it's, in, it's, it's a weird one because it's like, you know, great, a great player is no longer at the Avengers, but, oh, he's still in division. I'm he's still going to face division. him mm-hmm. the same amount of times each year. Mm-hmm. Maybe a time or two more now that he's switching rotations. Uh, yeah, and... I mean, from what I can see, it looks like Nashville might be going for a six-man rotation, though I think that may just be... Uh, that's how it's set right now, but yeah, things could change with, in the next sim yeah. as you try to get that, try to get everyone on their five days rest and then move someone to the bullpen. Yeah. No, it's uh, it, it'll be interesting to see if it, you know, backfires for Nashville because, you know, it feels like X is the type of lucky person where it does. All the, all the trades kind of seem to shake out for him in a way. Right. That even if it looks like he's giving up something good, it always works out. I know he, all, he gets the... It's, it's him and Jeff. They just... I think they're lucky. Everything seems to just kind of fall into place for them. Every, every time someone like that moves out of Assassin's City, you got to think, like, what does he know that I don't? Mm. <laughs> it's... Yeah, it's... What have I missed? Yeah, exactly. Or, or if he reaches out and asks you about someone, and you're like, "What, what am I not seeing about this prospect that yeah. that he can?" Give yeah. me a second. I'm gonna just see what they're like in every other position. Because, <laughs> yeah, no, it's. I mean, I had that with the trade. I think I did with Seattle. I, I think I was asking for something, and they asked, "Okay, for that, I want you to give me this starting pitching prospect," and it was like a. 38 potential so I'm thinking I'll deal yeah and then I just thought just out of curiosity after I've traded him what's it like as a reliever oh he's a 75 potential reliever mm-hmm. okay <laughs> that's what I've missed but you know live and learn exactly I mean it, it forced me to go through all my low potential starting pitches in my minors to see if any of them are just start believers uh, I mean how many pitches do they have how is their stuff yeah. What's their stamina like? Typically, well, I mean, you, if you switch a starter to a reliever and they have they get better, they have decent pitch ratings. Mm-hmm. That stuff will jump five, ten, fifteen in the in the stuff category because batters aren't seen. I'm I'm hypothesizing that batters they only see batters once a game, mm-hmm. so they can yeah. they have better ratings with their pitches their stuff jumps up, so strikeout potential goes up. Yeah. I'd, I, get, I think I'd be a lot better at this if I took the time to understand how all the mechanics of OOTP work. And there's a manual, and there's a forum. I, I mean, th- I, there is, and I'm going to look at neither of them because I quite <laughs> enjoy my sort of stumbling in the dark until something works approach. Aren't you stuck at home? Yeah, I'm stuck here till the 30th of June, but 
Sounds like you have time on your then, hands. Oh, I mean, yes. Some cool. light, some light reading of the OOTP manual. Yeah, but this way, I've got literally nothing to do, but I would still rather not read the OOTP manual. <laughs> given the choice, given the choice of doing nothing and reading the manual. Oh, nothing every time. <laughs> oh, that's some good stuff. George, any hot takes before we let you uh, get to bed? Because I, I don't even know what time it is there. I can it's, look it's 20 to 1. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Final hot take. Final hot take. Uh, Pabs will sweep Esther's Park in at least one series. Thank you. Ooh. Fire take and that's, playing that's right so to the hot. host. That's so I mean, hot, the, the thing, the thing is, I'm just, I'm pl- statistically, it's got to happen once, right? Not mm-hmm. even just winning mm-hmm. the series, though. That's, that's what I. Or winning like, a game, <laughs> winning all three. I can see a in game. a row. A series, a little bit tougher, but to sweep. What if he sweeps like a four-game series? Do you have any four-game series against? I don't think we do four-game series in the league. No, yeah, we've just got two and three. Mm. Yeah, I've been I've been arguing for like asymmetric uh, schedules because I think that you I've have been of, where? Uh, well, I mean, I've argued once. Okay. <laughs> by by continuous arguing, I mean the one yeah. time I posted about it and said, <laughs> "Hey, I, I think we should I, do I, something I, different." And then yeah, I argued once back in February, uh, but no, just because I I think that would add a bit of uh, just a bit more interest as in. Okay, you know, Assassin City's got a three-game lead, but they play one more game than Nashville. You know, George likes his games in hand. I, I mean, yeah, I just think having half-win advantages is fun. Well, I mean, what's your what's your schedule for Door County? Because if you play Esther's Park in the once final... a month, except for July. If you play him in the final series of the year, you've got a chance because he might just rest all his guys. I do. It's at home. Ooh. At home against Estes Park, final three games. Estes Park, probably comfortably number one seed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you've a. Uh... Oh, that's a rough end to the season for me. I've got. Yeah, you, yeah, your your schedule hurts. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna blame the schedule. I think that's fair. The year, that's fair. Well, I've got a fun June, I guess. That's decent. Got a whole two weeks at home. <laughs> and it's those rough Atlantic flights as well. Yeah, those tough red eyes across the pond. Those are those are tough. Well, George, we appreciate yes. you coming on for and it's, talking just uh that's what it was we were just talking yeah it was a nice relaxed little chat and i enjoyed it very much george good luck this season thanks for coming on and right. we're looking for a bounce back yeah i'm uh how long is it till the sim today 15 minutes no yes maybe is it mm, was it not 45, like half five 45, 45 minutes I, I might stay up for that you can take a nap I I don't do naps. They they make me more tired. (laughs) Well, let's hope that the bottom of the Warren Span division is a trampoline and we'll see you jump up there soon.
yeah, I hope it too, to be honest. And Pabs, I believe in you. You can. Thank you, it. George. I believe in you too. We can do it. Play, we can do this. Do you play Jeff? Do you play Jeff this time? No, I don't. It's oh. great. It's absolutely oh. wonderful. <laughs> yes. All right. Thank you for having me on. Thanks for coming on. So that was George Ewell. Great talk there just about his team. And then we're having a little fun about overreactions, about things going on and what we're looking forward to as we get, get our, get this season underway. This is it's been so exciting. much nicer having games to talk about than just to speculate. Exactly. Um, and, and having the draft is fun to talk about, which is kind of nice. We're still figuring out when we, if we want to move it and stuff, but there's been a lot. It's opening day, the draft, lots to talk about. That's always nice. It's better than it's like, oh, it's spring training, and oh, hey, these games don't really matter. So, how much can we really take out of them? Right. And these games matter now. Yeah, they mean something. They mean something. I just need to uh, tell my team that. Yeah. I wish I could tell my starting pitching staff that, but like we just talked about, I'm finally excited to see what this like a what feels like a real pitching staff from top to bottom what it what it does but who knows who knows uh it sounds like you might have something fun planned for this weekend kind of yeah so again tomorrow we are expecting assassin city radio to pop back up so get excited about that i think there are some folks who will probably call in to complain about assassin city and they're GM making moves that I'm certainly questioning. I love the move for Nashville, but I'm not quite sure why we're moving. Um, Luis Severino with three years left on his deal, but that's so not for me to decide. Rifle? Yeah, who's on the up and up? Right. So currently a game above them. So I don't know, but who knows? It's actually never really quite know what he's doing. But on Saturday, I might break out another play-by-play and lean into probably doing the game that everybody obviously wants to see, the 24-22, June 20, 2022, Minnesota Mayhem, Las Vegas Jesters. That might just be a thing. We'll take it a little bit slower. I was trying to rush through that one I did last week. I mean, I got it done in half an hour, but I stopped talking. It was like, oh, my gosh, my throat hurts a little bit. So <laughs> there'll be more offense. It'll be That might be exciting. We shall. See what we can do, but stay tuned for that. There will be more information at some point, provided you are listening to this before May 15th. Can we get a, a quick preview of what your home run call is? Um, I, I haven't figured one out yet. Um, it's been, I think I had one home run to call in the game last week, and it was, again, the beauty of not looking at anything beforehand, it's like, it's oh, it's a home run. Oh, my goodness. But need to figure out how to make that call yet. I'm not going to, I mean, I'm a Brewers fan, so I'm not going to take the Bob Euchre's call. Um, <laughs> it's like, okay, that's not going to happen, but I got to figure something out. But there's time. I'm guessing there's probably a couple of home runs for me to practice on too in this game. Right. Exactly. All right. Well, I thought we were going to get like a back, 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 back. I am not Chris Berman. Goodbye. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Hope you had as much fun as we always do doing this. So much fun. Uh, If you have any questions, comments, concerns, you know how to reach us. Feel contact jingles. 
Don't complain yep. to us. Contact yeah, Jingles. Secretary Jingles. And he'll pass the message along, maybe. I you know, haven't heard it from him. haven't got any messages from him since. So I think you guys need to flood his inbox with all your questions, comments, and concerns. And we'll go from there. Mm-hmm. But I think that about wraps it up. We're about to get our Thursday sim here. So that'll be fun to watch. And then the long three-day wait until the next week of Sims. You get Assassin City Radio. It's where you get a play-by-play thing. Keep stuff a little bit interesting. Yeah. Try to keep, try to satisfy everyone as we wait, make those changes over the weekend, and get right back into it. That'll do it for the Black and Blue in review. I'm Scotty Smalls. I'm Local Pops. Guys, remember to wash your hands. It's important. Damn right. Especially with everything reopening. Stay safe, everyone. See you soon.